Here, welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's the mix, powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app we love so much because you get paid for being smart. Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're gonna match the first hundred bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. Who am I? The big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. Your host, Big Johnny Stud. That's John Legaza at John Legaza on the Bird app. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod and in a minute i'm going to ask you for a cartoon finger because youtube likes matter way more than they should all right everybody it's week 10 thursday night foosball we got dirty birdies from the dirty dirty against those cats from carolina it's falcons and it's panthers this one went off the rails last time tons of offense tons of late fireworks i'm not sure if we're going to see that again coming off the short one if you're unfamiliar welcome aboard really do appreciate every single one of you the interactions the feedback and again you know i kind of Take that and try and feed it back to you. We've had people ask for defensive splits. We're bringing that. Some X's and O's stuff. We're bringing that. We, of course, have the blue chips and the penny stocks. We're using Run the Sims to get the best projected players on each team. And then from a value you know, lens, let's say, doing a little cost analysis. Enough of that. We need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere you take that bad boy to the bank and stamp my name on it let's do the thing that we do everybody brought to you by jock market these are your blue chips and again we're using run the sims love that program it's really really great like i said it's falcons and panthers remember good players doing good things how many good players are in this game i'm not so sure but let's run through it anyway the falcons at the top it's running qb marcus mariota at 15.8 followed by my man c pat at 14.5 drake london 10.7 kyle pitts at 9.2 i don't know how anybody gets there they just don't throw the ball to tyler algier at 8.1 and i think the thing to notice here again we talk about not overreacting to the number, trying to read the tea leaves, looking at it from a macro standpoint before we draw up our narrative and then try and place bets consistent with that analysis. Three of the top five players are, are runners, right? And, and we're going to go through some of this in a little bit. The Falcons really doing it differently again. Some of the stuff that you get here, that X's and O stuff. We want to understand what's going on. And in short, we've seen the inception of two high safety coverages, three high shells. You're hearing a lot of these different terms. Basically, defenses are putting their players the furthest back. Guys are 20, 25 yards off the line of scrimmage in order to keep drives in front of them, the ball in front of them, forcing longer, more efficient drives. Now, we've seen some teams pivot to the uber shotgun look we've seen other teams pivot to these hyper run games right so the uber shotgun is your bangles it was the colts before ryan got hurt the run games it's the falcons and the giants right lots of play action quarterbacks that run we're even seeing the titans trying to make a move like that we haven't seen a ton from willis but that's part of the reason is being able to operate near the line of scrimmage being efficient to stretch out drives because that's a way to get past that shell all right man boom that's the first feather in the cap over to the carolina panthers it's pj walker pj must stand for past the johnny if you saw so he played two weeks ago and then past the johnny if he was the week before lots of ups and downs i think he was like the xfl mvp we saw a bit of it there is some explosiveness to the arm 
I don't know if they have the talent and the pass, the play calling. Atlanta defense is pretty bad. Let's do the Panthers projections. It's P.J. Walker at the top, right under 14, followed by D.J. Moore at 13. Deonta Foreman, 12-2. Terrace Marshall, 9.8. And Shy Smith at 5.2. So what are we noticing? Nobody in the entire board is projected for more than 16. So right off the bat, that should tell you to be careful with the players that are the most expensive in jock market. With projections, this consolidated this condensed you want to be careful if anyone is up at that like 15 16 17 dollar mark this is marcus Mariota is not lamar jackson we know the falcons are going to look to run it let's handicap this one these stats are year to date where we start and then if we have time we'll keep on digging in you know me we're going to go from the telescope to the microscope all right falcons offense i mean listen it's it's easy to bin them and say like they're bad but it's a function of what they're trying to do they don't run a lot of plays only 58 plays for 320 yards a game those are in the bottom five because they move at a snail's pace 30 and a half seconds per play that goes up to more than 33 in neutral game scripts the falcons are one of the slowest moving teams but they're also efficient to drive time of possession per drive over three minutes so that's in the top five right so they're the slowest but the most efficient on the ground 10% rush DVOA 4.8 adjusted line yards 34 rushes for 162 nearly five running back yards per attempt the pass game is it's it's again it's easy to bend them and say it's terrible but they have a positive pass DVOA for a reason the volume is not there only 22 attempts less than 14 completions for 158 yards just terrible but seven per attempt and more than 11 per completion are not terrible as far as a rate go now that doesn't mean you're going to start chasing falcons pass games but again be careful with the binning because they're doing what they want to do when the falcons find themselves in a script that is in their favor which literally every game starts that way right because they feel that they can control the clock run the ball down your throat in a variety of different ways then lean on the play action to take advantage of those deeper passes right the only passes that they actually do are on play action it's just a little bit of a method to the madness panthers d again a bit of a mixed bag 25 points a game allowed 67 plays 370 yards per game those are not any good but the drive success rate has been decent the snaps per splash rate is good so they do come up with plays when they need it they've struggled on the ground 31 attempts per game for a buck 44 and three quarter running back yards per attempt they've gotten tore up with the pass game, but it's just because they're not getting any pressure. They're like dead last across the board. The defensive pass DVOA is near the bottom because the sacks and the sub 5% adjusted sack rate, I think that number is the worst. But they're only allowing 20, 230 pass yards a game. So like, don't, it's not like a Panthers team that's getting smoked. Again, the lack of explosive nature on offense is putting them in negative game scripts. They're not the type to really be able to catch up. Then other teams kind of sit back, right? So there we go as we're doing our analysis. We're drawing out the narrative over to the Panthers offense. It's just... Okay, it's Trashola, but I think especially Trashola would be Panthers' season-long stats. You can't be chasing that when you have quarterback changes and stuff like that. You really only be looking for Walker. We know the Falcons' defense is really bad. 66 plays allowed for 407 yards per game. That's across the season. 6.1 yards per play. I think those are all dead last, minus 0.8 EPA per snap. They're allowing nearly 40 yards per drive. That's dead last. 76% drive success rate. That's in the bottom three. They don't get to the quarterback. 4% adjusted sack rate is one of the only teams below Carolina. 40 attempts, 28 completions for 300 yards on the nose. That's year-to-date against the Falcons. So we know they do allow lots against the passing games, right, the aerial attacks, 
is that going to be enough for PJ Walker? I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. I've got Walker on the season. I'm trying to do rate stats, right? Because again, I think that's one of the reasons the more kind of serious players, cerebral players, are, are, will gravitate to this kind of stuff. Where we're at the point again, season stats trash. So Walker, 19 and a half dropbacks per game, 10 and a half completions for 125 yards a game. Right, he did have the one spike week against Atlanta, and I know it's very easy to say, well, the Atlanta defense is really bad. We're kind of going to do it again. You watch what happened at the end, right? That big, tremendous splash play to Moore, right? That could go any way. That's kind of hard to rely on. So I don't know if I really want to go after Walker. I mean, the completion percentage is at 59 percent. He throws short of the sticks way too often. Negative EPA versus man and zone. His EPA versus defensive zone is one of the worst in the league. Atlanta does play a lot of that. It's, this is going to be a, it's going to be a disaster. I don't I don't think we're going to get as I vocalize this. I don't think we're going to get what we got last time. So I really want to be careful with overs and props as always. It's just been the running case defenses creating game scripts that are not conducive to fantasy scoring. So that's kind of probably where I'm at from the overview. Oh, I did want to bring up the more recent defensive stats to see if anything could change. No, they're both pretty bad. However, Atlanta Falcon run game has been very good lately. If you think back a couple weeks when they played, Foreman had the big game. Man, I watched every rush from that game. I watched every snap of that game. I just didn't really see it. It just felt like it was four yards. I mean, he's a big dude and he's hard to tackle. So it felt like four yards, five yards, four yards, five. They just couldn't stop him. And he looked bigger and stronger than the linebackers. So I don't think that's changed in two weeks. So I think I'm higher on Foreman than the projections. But that also leads into what I was saying about the totals. That if the Panthers are going to be running the ball effectively against the Falcons, in particular trying to set up a big pass play again. I don't think you're going to get 350 yards. But in the 225 that you might get, I think they'll come via the big splash because of either the play action or the Falcons getting sucked up in a box trying to stop four mid. So all that heavy run leads into under. So I think for blue chips, I think Mariota, no matter what, right? Because... Of the fact he's going to keep it, he's going to run it, and he's going to throw it a couple times today. He's probably the top player on the board for me. I'm having a tough time with the Panthers. We'll get into a little bit more in a second. I think the pricing for more is going to go beyond where I want to go. Because I think this stuff's all going to be determined on the ground. I have a hard time getting to any of the Falcon pass-catching projections. Let's wrap up this blue chips and let's, we'll dive into the pass-catching stats in the penny stock section. So give me Mariota, I think, at the top. Patterson's looked amazing, but there is just a ton of split work going on in that backfield. I mean, I, like, this is crazy. I don't know if I've even ever seen this before. So against Cleveland in week four, remember, Patterson was playing. Algier had 10 carries, Caleb Huntley had 10 carries, and Patterson had 9 carries. They were all really efficient. The Cleveland run game is not any good. Then it was, you know, 13-8-3, and 15-16-1. There is a ridiculous split here last week as well. Algier, 10 for 99, Huntley, 7 for 34, and Patterson, 13 for 42, 44. Yeah, he got in the end zone twice, so that kind of paid the bills. But I don't know if you could rely on that kind of efficiency. Who's going to get it? Algier had the big splash play, didn't get the scoring. Patterson didn't get the splash plays, did get the scoring. There is no way to tell where that's going to 
shake out. And Huntley's been explosive as well. So I don't even feel confident feeling like, okay, Patterson's back and we're back to a two-man backfield, which when you include Mariota is a three-game backfield. So I, I have a hard time getting with anybody on Atlanta outside of the Falcons for Carolina, I think I'll be looking for the cheapest players that splash. There's our segue into the penny stocks. Boom! That's your blue chip section brought to you by Jock Market. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. If that, any of that, you know, earns something that you might be able to use in the future, please press the like button. It matters so much. I just hate begging for it. God, and if I was allowed to, I'd pay you for it because the like means more than the money. It's so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. So when I say it matters more than it should, I really mean it. So, all right, let's get this ball into the red zone with the penny stock section, but give me one second to just catch my breath because, man, this kind of analysis just ain't easy. All right, we are marching up the field. The ball is in the red zone. We're up to the penny stock section of the show. It's your second pillar of profit brought to you by Jock Market. I, I love this. For the audio-only people, if you have not gone over to Twitter or to YouTube to grab the screenshot, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. There's so much good information here. Right player, the projected points, salary, the cost per point that we always talk about, plus ownership and the jock market IPO. No one has all this information in the same spot. I mean, it is going to save you just a ton of time. So penny stocks, it's very easy to just try and lean on the cheapest players. Our most dedicated listeners will tell you that the cheapest does not necessarily mean the best value. Value is a rate stat. So we got Mariota and Walker. Value lesson just jumping right off the page. Mariota projected for 16 at 10.2, leaving you at 645 cost per point. Walker projected very similarly at 14, salary a bit lower, 9.6. The cost per point is higher than Mariota. So Mariota has a higher cost, but he's a better value. Mariota with the 64% ownership again. Everybody coming to kind of the same conclusion as I am. I'm really interested in that IPO at 15. It, 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 right, I have it listed 1478. I'm rounding up. Remember, the reason why we love jock market so much is you've got to be smart. We can. There are only estimates. Then you must make a decision in real time. I mean, that is what separates the players. DraftKings and DFS, conventionally, you can do your work and put your pencil down and let it run. Jock market, not so much. I mean, you can place early bids and see if they hold. But if you're hot chopping it up in the late market, you got to be sharp. Walker with the sub $9 IPO, if that holds, anytime a quarterback is sub $9 in a showdown, there's something there. I will have a share. To Deontay Foreman, 7.8 salary. Love that with the 12-point projection for DK. I think he's a must. However, $11 IPO, I might have a hard time getting there. If... Atlanta pushes Carolina around where they just got to be careful chasing these teams, right? As we always talk about, we're looking for trajectory. We've seen the Panthers flatline, then jump to life, and then flatline again. Or was that spike a dead cat bounce? Was it a function of playing the Falcons? Remember, they needed OT to get there. I tend to think they're not great. I tend to think, again, we're going to get somewhere in the medium. I don't think Carolina gets flattened, but I don't think they're hanging 31 either. So, if they're more of a 13 to 17 point and Atlanta's probably more like 21 to 24, I think that run game is not going to be stopped. But because they move so slow, I don't think they get to 30 either. That could push Foreman out. So I think I'd be off of Foreman at the IPO. Algier, if he has that $5 IPO, I love that. Eight point projection for 6.2 salary. Not a great cost per point, so I could see fading him in DFS. But again, we don't know where the work or the touchdowns are going to go in the Atlanta backfield. So you take the cheapest player, Cordero Patterson, who I love. The IPO, 
bit scary at 11.50, but again, he's one of the guys that we know could get it. I'm worried he was so hyper-efficient. I think people are going to be chasing that. I don't think that 11.50 will stick to Shy Smith. Let's do all the receivers. I got Shy Smith, DJ Moore, and Terrace Marshall, right? That's on Carolina. Let's do some of these fun advanced stats that I know everybody loves so very, very much. DJ Moore just leading the way. He runs a route on a 100% of dropbacks in case, you know, that's good, right? That doesn't get any higher than that. He's earned 27 targets, 15 catches for 245. This is over the last month. I like to look at last four games to look for trends against season stats. Only going to serve to be a disservice if that's a thing. Nine targets per game for more, 31% of the team target share, 51% of the team air yards getting a target on 30, 29% target per route run. Just excellent, 2.7 yard per route run. These numbers are thick. He's going to be getting all the attention. They're also going to be working him into the slot. Atlanta is notoriously bad against the slot. Their defense, I think they might actually be the worst in the entire league. I have that. Sorry for the hiccup. It was like <laughs> the Matrix glitched. In the last month, Atlanta worst against the slot. 36 receptions, 453 yards for 7-7 seven and seven touchdowns. That's really good. So we want to be looking for the slot usage in the last two weeks. Now, it's been Moore and Shy Smith. Now, they haven't targeted a ton more. 19 slot routes to Shy Smith's 38. He's only earned two targets, got one catch for 20 yards. But I think that opens the door for Shy Smith. Also, real quick, if you're into betting, we'll get to that in a little bit at the very end. But if you're into betting, Shy Smith's reception prop is at 5.5. I don't think there's a way mathematically to get there. Five points, I'm saying, at five and a half receiving yards. So, so, again, why this show could be so effective, the three pillars, conventional, jock market, prop play, and letting the analysis tell us where to put the chip, which board, right? In words, some places tell you what chip. We're trying to tell you what chip on which board. So I think Shy Smith, probably across the board, actually, because of the 3.6 salary, he get, you get the cost relief you need for DFS, 17% ownership, nice and low, 234 IPO. We like every bit of that. Of course, you could, right, that would be the way we get there. I don't think it takes much more than that. The Falcons' defense is bad. The focus will be on DJ Moore. Smith is the slot route leader by a country mile, and he just gets the targets and gets away. Right, so that's enough to justify a 234 IPO, right? Well, let's, let's draw up that chart, right? The uh, relationship between quality quality and depth of analysis and the IPO. The more you got to pay, the more firm you should feel on it. DJ Moore, 13 points at 9.2, has a higher cost per point than Shai Smith. Just something to think about. He's fully justified. The 13 IPO is hard to get to because we just don't know if it'll be there, right? There'll be a, maybe a jump ball or two for him. If he doesn't come down... He's not going to earn the 13 bucks, even if he may be the best player on the field. To Drake London, I really struggle with the pass catchers on Atlanta because the volume is just is just not there. I'm going to skip over Marshall. We'll get to him in a bit. That's a tease for the prop play. Let's look at the Atlanta pass catcher because I know it's really just it's just atrocious. So Drake London runs routes on 91% of dropbacks, but it's only 70 routes in the last month. He's in 13 targets. How can you target your number one wideout 18.6% of the time? That's his target per route run. 21% of the team air yards, 17% 
21% team target, 17% team air for your number one receiver, 4.1 PPR points per game. It is so, so bad. Kyle Pitts starting to come alive as far as usage goes. But again, he's been suffering from that lack of efficiency, something that's always going to be on the table with Atlanta. But if the IPO is there, so Kyle Pitts were listed at 836, I think that's a smash. 7,000 DK salary, I think he's the smash. If I had to choose London and Pitts, give me Pitts, check out the usage. So the routes run are right behind it, 61 to London, 70. It's just, it's absurd. This is malpractice. But he's earned 21 targets to Drake London's 13, though the 21's still pathetic over a month's time. That 8 out of 13 to be leading the number one wideout by 55% back of the napkin math. 10 receptions on those 21 targets for a 116 yards, 11.6 yards per reception, but it's 33% of the team targets, 38% of the team air yards getting a target on 34% of those route run, nearly 2 yards per route, 13.6 air yards per target. That's the thickness. That's where you want to be. So that's the value that I'm looking for in the jock market tonight. So let's wrap up the penny stocks here. I think Mariota, even though he's the more expensive, is the value because of the dual threat ability. Though, for jock market, if a quarterback IPO is below 9 bucks, you can go get him. I'd even draw a quarterback at 10 Remember, $25 is the top return. That just leaves you such a nice cushion on loan. Sorry, I also have that here. Showdown slate. Okay, so definitely, if a quarterback is $10 or less, you go for it because they only have to be the fifth player. Hard not to be a top five player in a showdown slate as a quarterback. So one of the few places that I will break that double-digit IPO parameter for is a quarterback. So keep that in mind. I'm avoiding Walker in DFS. I'm, I'm just not a big showdown guy. It's very hard not to dupe. My way to do it is to go after like all the trashy players and just you know, shoot the moon because I'd rather be involved in props or in jock market again, depending on the player for the running backs. For me, it's Algier because of the IPO. And again, we don't know where the work is going to go. I think CPAT is the best runner, but we, we just don't, we just don't know how this is going to shake out. You, there's just no way to tell. And the Carolina um, run defense, I think has actually been pretty bad. Right, like I mentioned before, I don't know if we covered it so quickly. Minus 1.5 EPA per snap on, on rushes for the Panthers is the last month. It's terrible. 30 rushes along a buck 40 on the ground. Minus point, um, 4.7 yards per rush, sorry. 1.4 yards before contact per rush is pretty good, though. So they're getting to it, but like I said, they got run over last time on both sides. I was noticing that. Foreman was running over the Falcons. CPAP was running over the Panthers. I meant to mention that before. All of this leads into unders. This is all unders. All of this is unders and rushing props, which are all pretty low. I think Foreman's at 53. So again, for him to get a 12-point projection and for a guy that doesn't really catch passes, I just feel more certain in the prop play than the $11 IPO taking us to the finish line. Man, that was just as good. Sometimes I walk myself into great analysis accidentally. So yeah, it's just so hard to, to nuance all this stuff properly, right? So Mariota, like across the board, Walker is IPO. Foreman is a prop play. Algier is a jock market play. Patterson, jock market play depending on the price. Shy Smith, across the board. DJ Moore, conventional DFS. 
and prop plays. Drake London, no thank you. Terrace Marshall, we're going to get to. Demir Bird, I think I'm off. I, I think any passing has got, I can't rely on that one long touchdown. Especially if he's going to IPO for 60% higher than Shy Smith, I'd give me the Falcons defense as my matchup instead. And then Kyle Pitts is a value, I think so. So boom, 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 the big dude rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. And now we are goal to go. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Yo, hop up in the comments, man. I really love you guys so much. It really means the world to me. I have made friends doing this, and I think what's better than making money is making friends and stuff that really matters, sharing in this experience, you know, because again, we're all pushing each other. I, the listenership, like, again, I come from zero. Like, I don't think I'm better than anybody. So when I speak to sharp listenership, people that show ambition, something that I value very highly, like, I listen, I'm all ears, and I, I get that reaction. And now, like, you know, I'm hoping you know, hopefully making you better while you are making me better. And that's iron sharpening iron. And yeah, that's how we do the thing that we do. Me and you, the Cork Stats crew. All right, everybody, if that didn't earn a like, nothing ever will. Let's punch this ball in the end zone. I got a prop play for you, but I gotta catch my breath first. All right, let's punch this pigskin right into the end zone so I can do my Icky Woods impression. It's a week 10. Of course, I Monday. God I make a mistake every episode. It's like an Easter egg that I leave for all of you. Again, I could just shrug it off, but I do. So give me... Oh, I hate making mistakes. Brought to you by Jock Market. It's our prop play. I got Terrace Marshall. These props are extremely low to be facing the Falcons. I know I said I don't think that Walker explodes. But man, to get to 40 yards, and that's your alt prop. Again, people that have followed the show know I just do everything a little bit differently. I really try and avoid minus, you know, um, favorite props, let's call them, right? Minus anything with juice, juiced props. I always prefer the positive money and the dog, especially, today's a perfect example. This was 35 and a half minus 110, plus 40 yards is plus 118. That's just ridiculous. If you're going to get this, you're gonna, if you're going to hit for 36, you're hitting for 40, and you want to put yourself in a position where the plus money helps to float a poor win-loss percentage. Here I am, a handicapper, talking about his poor win-loss percentage. Yeah, well, when the odds are in the plus money, you're going to make money. Woohoo! Think about it. If you have two props and they're both minus 112, you got to hit them both because if you hit one at equal money, you're down. And that's why a lot of people get into trouble in gambling, the planning is not there. It's not like I understand or I'm able to predict the future. I have more experience. Trying to get notice, I'm not better or worse. I'm just different. I have more experience at drawing up the tickets that will keep you sustainable. So, give me Terrace Marshall. We jumped over it a bit. He has just, just absolutely exploded, exploded as far as usage goes. He's a highly touted prospect, and then he had some injuries and then some hiccups and sometimes people you know easily kind of discard these guys and i like to focus on the fact or we assert sometimes prospect growth is, is very popular for baseball also it's not linear and oftentimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater, and these guys are human and improve sometimes you know or get healthy or things click for them or things slow down and we want to be in front of it. So again, if you look at the season-long stats, like who's interested in this guy, check out the last four games. So again, he's worked his way in there. S same amount of snaps as DJ Moore. Running routes on 98% of dropbacks. That's all of them, people. Earning nine, earning 18 targets. He has nine receptions for 171. 
19 yards per reception. He's earning six targets a game, 21% of the team targets, 27% of the team air yards, earning a target on 21% of routes, 1.9 yard per route run, 12.2 air yards per target, 10.7 PPR points per game. He also is leading the team in red zone targets. Love that. And everything is out wide. The reason I like that, we saw this last time. The Panthers know the Falcons' defense is trashy, right? I pointed to it. We mentioned it before. Just on the season, just atrocious. 28 completions for 300 yards. Almost 11 yards per completion. One and three-quarter passing touchdowns per game. You know, if you zoom in, it's not like it gets any better. They're allowing 425 yards a game, six and a half yards per play last four games. This is the Falcons. Bottom five in pass EPA per dropback, defensive, minus .19, allowing 327 pass yards per game, 28 completions, 69% completion percentage, 12 yards per reception, and seven passing touchdowns. It's just the last month. Now, again, I don't think that means that P.J. Walker goes ballistic. I, I don't. But you don't have to go ballistic to get a receiver to 40 yards. That's why I, I like these low bars, right? We've seen Walker pass for 177 against Tampa and then 317 against the Falcons. In those games, you know, Moore cleared it both times. After that, that would be it. Terrence Marshall cleared it last week, sorry, against Cincinnati at 53. So I think... The Cincinnati defense is significantly better than Atlanta. I think we're seeing Marshall kind of work himself into a more prominent role. As the Panthers hopefully are figuring it out again, I don't want to overstate where I think this team is going to end up. But to get Marshall to 40 yards with all the attention on DJ Moore in a game that I think the Panthers will be down. Again, the rush defense has really struggled. The Atlanta run game is not only very good, it's very creative, and they have four different guys that you got to be careful for. So I think especially as this one progresses, I don't think the defensive attention is going to be on Marshall. I think he's going to get all those looks and, the, you know, give me the plus 40 yards. Remember, that's an off prop that are being offered everywhere. I even suggest going with ladders on some of these times. Remember, again, I just do it differently. Meaning, if you're going to bet half a unit, let's say 0.5 OU, you could take 0.4 OU instead, bet that, and then take 0.05 on plus 50 and 0.05 on plus 60. And in case he runs off a long one, now you really kind of pull the extra profit out of it. Again, one of the keys to sustainability is maximizing the hits when you get them, right? Now, like I said, hitting 50% of your props, one out of two, two out of four, and coming up empty, opposed to hitting one out of two or two out of four of your alt props and being wildly profitable from a percentage standpoint. So that's the last lesson as always. Focus more on pricing. Let your analysis draw you to the prop. I am not live in this yet. I screwed up. I didn't even bet the last one last time. It was a loser, of course. I, might, I think I'm going to draw up a nice ticket for this one because I think there's a bunch of low ones. And I often get myself, this will be the last, last lesson. I find sometimes I try and be too cute and just, I, I can't cover everything. So you follow me on Twitter, you follow me on Patreon, it's 100% free for the full take. It's just, I, I think you might learn how to draw them up a little bit better. Shy Smith at 5.5. Yeah, let's get that one. If his old prop is plus 10, I'd rather than just chase Marshall, I'd rather split. 
split it for Marshall and Shysmith. And if one of these bums gets it, then the whole venture is profitable and then I could just move forward. See how I attack it differently than people trying to get the big lotto ticket every single time. I'd rather not be so binary in my results where it's win all or lose all. When you could play near even, that's where you tend to succeed and that will do it with the very last lesson of the last lesson from the last lesson. Why we like jock market so much? Because it allows you to play near even. Every play is a standalone with a wide range, right? Like I mentioned, not like a prop bet, which is win or lose, or even not like the alt prop bet, which is still win or lose, but at higher odds. Jock market allows you to play within bands for players, right? So if you have the one really big hit, it could float the entire portfolio. Certainly, unlike conventional DFS, where if you have two or three misses, you lose. Jock market, that's not the case. And that's why I like it so much, right? It just allows you to pad the win percentage. And that, at the end of the day, is what it's all about, making money and being able to stay in the game, right? Learning as we make money. And if you're not making enough money, then you're probably not playing with enough. The best way to get to that amount is to make it small amounts. You know, you don't want to be playing with rent money. You never want to be playing with food money, money you need. You have to set aside an account and grow it. Think of it as a small business, so... One of the reasons of many, I hope, that people love what we're doing here at Mayo Media Net. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod after you you give us a five-star review with that, wow, Johnny boy just dropped the bombs on this one. There's nothing like it anywhere. Quote me, put that in the five-star review, and I'll be the happiest boy in Brooklyn. All right, thanks, everybody. I got to get out of here. Again, thanks for picking up what we're putting down. It just means it means the world to me to, to share this with you. And if you think we can get better, and anything, get up in the comments. I'll do my very best. Tag Patty Mayo on social media. Let him know how good of a job we're doing. I'll catch you on the flip side. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like Lockyo. Peace.